this thing on TV is lovingly dedicated to the memory of my father, Carlos Alexander. He was a good father. He was a good friend. He was a good brother. He was a good soldier. And his life will touch everyone whose lives was touched. I love you, Dad. An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 370, submission number 39, Top of the Heap. Top of the Heap aired on Fox from April 7th to May 19th, 1991 for six episodes wait did you say may 19th i did say may 19th okay good kane's not around six episodes seven if you want to include the pilot which we'll talk about in a little bit nine less episodes than the hudson brother razzle dazzle show not the hudson brothers razzle dazzle hour chico and uncle crocs block i make one mistake and he hangs me for life and this is the second Married with Children related episode of this podcast. And you're not going to get a theme here because we're going to get a copyright violation if uh, we put a theme in here. Okay, so let me make up my own theme. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Put on the reds! <laughs> not my bit, but still funny. All right, kids, we're talking about another early Fox TV show. And yes, I include the first two seasons of The Simpsons in that early Fox era. So, yeah. In 1991, Fox had a pretty solid battery of Sunday night hits. Well, The Simpsons would still be on Thursday, but it would eventually go to Sunday. But you had In Living Color and Married with Children. And then you had stuff that the network was trying out to uh, fill in the void in between those two shows. Let's just say this won't be the first time we talk about that sort of void. And one of the shows that was tried out was actually a spinoff of Married with Children. Hey. When in doubt, take one of your most popular shows and spin it off. Worked with Perfect Strangers, if I'm not mistaken. Family Matters lasted longer than Perfect Strangers did. Uh, Can I say one thing about that? Yeah. If you want to spin off a show, don't get like a character who's only appeared on like one episode and wasn't even that memorable. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, the WB tried that, and we're going to talk about that eventually, but the WB tried that, you know, shoehorning a character just to spin him off. It didn't work. I think the only time it ever worked was probably on Happy Days when they did that with Laverne and Shirley and Mork for Mork and Mindy. I was about to say Mork. 
Hold on. That was a great episode of Happy Days Before. But yeah, this would be an era where Fox had a very solid Sunday night lineup. True Colors leading off the night at 7. Parker Lewis can't lose at 7.30. In Loving Color at 8. Get a Life at 8.30. Married with Children at 9. And at 9.30, Good Grief. Good way, Grief! Good Grief, yeah. Howie Mandel as a mortician. You know, they missed a great opportunity of that show to have a cameo from The Undertaker and Paul Bear. Oh, yes! So, they replace Good Grief with Top of the Heap, which was a show about a father and son. Charlie Verducci, who appeared on two episodes of Married with Children. Just two. Just two? Just two. And his son, Vinny, who appeared on three episodes of Married with Children. Yeah, Vinny Verducci was like a boyfriend, kind of, sort of, of Kelly Bundy for a couple of episodes. Like I said, spinoff made of these two people who appeared, like, combined, like, three or four episodes. You tell me that they couldn't do a spinoff with Steve Rhodes after he left and Jefferson Darcy came in? I'm, I'm just saying, it makes more sense that way if you think about it. Yeah, it does, and if you think about it, then they might have already done it. Remember, David Garrison was central in It's Your Mood. And I imagine if they spun off Steve Rhodes, they would have drawn the obvious comparison. But yeah, Ron Levitt and Arthur Silver wrote the 100th episode in 1991 called Top of the Heap, where Vinny, who I'm guessing was a boxer because he loses a boxing match, and as a result, Charlie wins Al's TV in a bet, Charlie comes up with another plan. He wants to get Vinny to marry a rich woman so they can live a life of luxury. What? So what do they do? They crash a party. At the end of the day, this episode was not notable for much of anything except for being written for the express purpose of spinning off this show and spinning off that premise. So we meet these two characters just to spit them off in their own lives. And their own lives are basically Charlie's master plan for Vinny to marry into a wealthy family, try to get into high society any which way but loose. Aside from their slum apartment, we also meet Vinny's cat, Mr. Fluffy. Mr. Fluffy. Mr. Fluffy. A good name for a cat. It's no Benoodles, but it's a good name for a cat. We also meet a girl from the neighborhood who has a crush on Vinny named Mona Mullins. And it's your classic unrequited love story. She loves him, he can't stand her. And 
rounding out the cast of regulars is the head of a country club that Vinny and Charlie try to get into so they can escape this Chicago slum. Alexandra Stone. Just so happens that, again, Charlie loves Alexandra. Alexandra can't stand Charlie. Closest they get to high society is Vinny getting a job at that country club. Which I guess isn't terrible, if you think about it. So let's go into the cast here. Playing Charlie Verducci. Joseph Bologna. Joseph Bologna! Joseph Bologna! It's Joseph Bologna! Yeah, he was in Blame It on Rio, Transylvania 6 one season of Rags to Riches. Hey! If Eddie Mecca's ghost is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> and playing his son, Vinny Verducci, not the first time that this name's going to come up on this podcast. Matt LeBlanc. Wait, the guy from Episodes? No, the guy from Top Gear. Oh, yeah. American Top Gear. Yeah. No, he was on the British Top Gear, too. Oh, yeah, after everybody left. Yeah. Matt LeBlanc is known for Episodes and Top Gear and nothing else. How you doing? How you doing? We're kidding. He was also one of the six friends. I think, hold on a second. Let me think about this. So, we've covered a show with Matthew Perry. Yes. We've covered a show with Jennifer Aniston. Yes. We covered a show with Courtney Cox. Yes. Now we've covered a show with Matt LeBlanc. Yes. So, all we're missing is Lisa Kudrow, David Schwimmer, and we have all six. That's right. This is like our own version of the Infinity Stones. Right. I'm doing research to see if we're going to talk about either of those two in the next year or so, if there if there's any shows that are on the list. Thank you, Mike. Playing the object of Vinny's revulsion? Mona Mullins. Joey Lauren Adams. You ever seen Chasing Amy? Oh, yes, I have seen Chasing Amy. She was nominated for the Golden Globe for that movie. Yeah. She plays a lesbian who switches teams in order to get with Ben Affleck. That alone is worth the Golden Globe. You have to be a versatile actress to handle that. And then you have Mr. Fluffy the Cat as himself. And rounding out the cast of regulars as Alexander Stone, the one, the only, star of stage, screen, and streaming, Rita Moreno. What else needs to be said? Did everything from the electric company to West Side Story, where on earth is Carmen Sandiego? One day at a time on Netflix. She's a freaking EGOT, people. She's a yeah. freaking EGOT. Yeah. 
Would you like to know how we're going to get the entire uh, Infinity Stone Gauntlet of Friends? Yes, yes I do. There's a road here. It's not an easy road, but there's a road here. Okay, this is going to be like an end game where they had to find the Infinity Stones to go back in time, and they had to figure this all out for like days. No, it's figured out. There's no, we need to do this for days. I found the easiest possible path, the path of least resistance. Okay? Okay. All right. So Lisa Kudrow was in three episodes of the Bob Newhart show from the early 90s. Bob. Bob. That's the easy one, because I know that's on the list. The second half of it's a little hairy, to say the least. David Schwimmer, as far as I can tell, is on one future installment. He played a patient, and even an uncredited patient at that, in an episode, and I don't know if we're going to do it just because I don't think we can give justice to this show. Police Squad. No, I think we can do it. Okay, there you go. We've got our Infinity uh, Gauntlet stones. We have the whole collection of six at some point. When will we finish off our Infinity Gauntlet? Who knows? Stay tuned. So those were the cast of regulars. Then we have the cast of semi-regulars, of which there's only just the one. Playing security guard Emmett Lefebvre, someone we talked about plenty of times, and someone we miss dearly to this day. Leslie Jordan. Oh. Lord have mercy, I'm about to bus. I could never do that line justice. But hold on a second, guys. Let's not forget, Leslie Jordan was immortalized in that ongoing Instagram series, Celebs on Sandwiches. For serious? Yeah, he's one of he got painted on his sandwich once. That's the best Instagram account, Celebs on Sandwiches. I gotta give Greg credit. He's right there. He got me hooked, and uh, I'm following that account, too. Of course, we have uh, three cameos. Uh, one episode with uh, Ed O'Neill, the first episode. Two episodes with David Faustino. And two episodes with Christina Applegate. Katie Seagal, understandably, too good for this show. Hey, that's the second week in a row we've mentioned David Faustino. He was the kid on I Had Three Wives. He was the kid on I Had Three Wives. Victor Garber had three wives. He doesn't have three wives. He had three wives. That's what I mean. He had three wives. And a kid. Are we forgetting about the kid? We just mentioned the kid. But the thing is, he was not currently married to the three wives. He had three ex-wives. <laughs> it's funny. But it wasn't. Except where it was. It was funny. All right. So, what kind of antics would Charlie and Vinny do 
to get to the top of the heap. Let's find out, shall we? We start with the pilot, as we always do. In the inner city slums of Chicago, Charlie Verducci is the superintendent of a rundown apartment building who lives with his dumb 20-year-old son, Vinny, and their white Persian cat, Mr. Fluffy. Vinny is recovering from a boxing match that he lost the previous night. This was the episode of Married for Children, by the way. While fending off come-ons from their 16-year-old neighbor girl, uh-oh... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Mona Mullins, who has a crush on him, after visiting Charlie's lifelong childhood friend, Al Bundy, apparently we were today years old when we all learned this, at his shoe store, who bet and lost his TV set on Vinny's boxing fight, Charlie comes up with a Verducci master plan. He and Vinny secretly crash a formal high society party, hoping to find a woman so that Vinny will court and marry a rich debutante while Charlie himself fends off the advances from a rather large woman. A Verducci master plan? Is it like the Daleks master plan? God, I hope. Is it going to be like for 12 episodes, and like nine of the episodes are never going to be found, but two of them are somehow found in a Mormon church basement? You know what? Anything's possible. We have a name in this episode, aside from Al Bundy, obviously. Playing Kathleen Morgan, the uh, lady with an eye on Charlie Verducci. Diana Bellamy. Known for Critters 2, Air Force 1, Outbreak, Malice, and... Oh, jeez. As Principal Cecilia Hall on Popular. Popular. Yeah. One of the shows that made the WB what it was. And even better. Oh, this is a great connection. Now, first off, Diana Bellamy is the uh, heavy set lady that uh, tries going after Charlie Verducci at this uh, soiree, if you will. Yep. All right. Okay. This gets better. Follow the lead here. You know, on Married with Children, what was the one thing that really annoyed Al at the shoe store? Big women. Big women, big feet, stuff like that. This is absolutely glorious. Watch how this connects. She wasn't just in the pilot for Top of the Heap, this backdoor pilot. She was also in the pilot for Married with Children. She was literally the first woman who was the victim of a fat joke from Al Bundy. Number one. And believe it or not, in the final season, all of like the hefty women held a trial against Al in an episode called Crimes Against Obesity. And they showed footage from the pilot back in 1987 where Al said stuff about her. I don't know if I want to say this stuff, but I can say it if you want me to. You know what? I think we're good. No, I'm going to say it anyhow. So Diana Bellamy's kid says to Al Bundy, as her and the uh, mom, Diana Bellamy, are finishing their shopping, the kid says, I want a balloon. And Al Bundy says, you've already got one. That's terrible. That's terrible. It's typical <laughs> Al Bundy, though. Chuck, do you have a comment? That's terrible. I was expecting the other Chuck. Nope. <laughs> 
And sadly, no longer with us, she died in 2001. She was also in 53 episodes of Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. As Lunch Lady Miss Starkey. We do have one more guest of note in this episode, playing Mrs. Mullins. Somebody we've talked about plenty. Don't know if she's going to get in the hall, but she's starting to make a case for it. Candy Azara. What are we talking about? Catch me if you can. Talk about easy money. Oh, no. No, hold on a second. No, no. Let's bring it back to terms that we at the podcast might know her from. Uh, right, like right. O'Hara. Like the G-Man's favorite. The new Love American style one episode. No, no. no time out. No, time out. No, you know who the G-Man's favorite is. Babes. Oh, I think the G-Man didn't like babes. He did very much like babes. I guarantee you that. But let's, hold on, let's clarify. The G-Man likes the old Love American style. He didn't like the new Love American style until we had that truce that the new Love American style was just all right. Whatever. <laughs> but also, we talked about her on E slash R... And we talked about her on 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. And we talked about her on an episode of Turnabout, second straight episode with the Turnabout reference. Go back to 10 Speed and Brown Shoe. Go back to Turnabout <laughs> if you really need to be depressed for some reason. And we've talked about her because she was on six episodes of Soap, first season. Again, making a slight case at the hall right now. Just a bit of a case, yeah. That was the episode of Made with Children. That was uh, the backdoor pilot. By the way, that episode aired April 7th, 1991. The next week, we have the agony and the agony. Vinny gets a job working at a country club as an assistant to the manager, and Charlie gets the hots for her. Hilarity ensues. By the way, Vinny, he reluctantly takes the job because he wants to get the apartment building's broken furnace fixed. He's a good son. You're a good son. Hey, Mom, you raised a great son, huh? Because <laughs> Greg's seen the Super Mario Brothers movie, obviously. We have a name on this episode playing Mrs. Epstein, Mary Pat Gleason. Sadly, no longer with us. She died in 2020, but was in four episodes of something called Instant Mob. What the hell is Instant Mom? I gotta look this up. While you look this up, I'm gonna continue with the uh, IMDb page. Oh, it's a Nickelodeon show with Dia Mallory. Nice. Three seasons. I don't want to say this, but she played a character who is only credited as heavy-ish woman in Bruce Almighty. Now I have to wonder if she was on an episode of Married with Children. Sadly, no. Hey, we have one other name in this episode of note. Playing Frank is 
a man named Rod Aarons. You may remember him from your mama's shows because he was on For Richer For Poorer. We talked about that at some point a while ago. I don't remember the context of it, but he was on Days of Our Lives, Search for Tomorrow. He was on your stories or your mama's stories. But also, Chico, I'm going to beat you to the punch this time. I'm sure you want to tell me to say the line, say the line, say the line. He say was line. on a week of Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. There. You don't have to say, say the line. Oh, and also a week ago. Okay, you're just in so much shock that Rod Aaron's from Match Game Hollywood Squares and Go was mentioned that you can't go to episode two. We have another name. Playing Fred Epstein, Richard Bancy, who was in episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, because it all goes back to Star Trek The Next Generation, Weird Science, the TV series, and Space Above and Beyond, because we mentioned that last time. And David Faustino makes a cameo appearance as uh, Bud Bundy, everyone's favorite lovable loser. Episode 2... Behind the eight ball, Charlie overhears that a guy he is hustling at pool is a godfather. Not the I'll take care of you when your parents die godfather. The Mario Puzo kind of godfather. You mean the type that runs a good takeout business in Philadelphia? Yes, sir. So Charlie tries to hustle that country club member, only to learn that he's a gangster, maybe. Meanwhile, Vinny entertains the man's niece, Ramona. Playing Ramona. Oh god, y'all. We might have the name of the year here. A young Canadian actress by the name of Pamela Anderson. Who's that? I don't know, some Canadian actress. She was on Home Improvement. Oh, okay. She's known for Home Improvement and nothing else. Don't go watching no bays looking for her. The prospective Don, played by Seth Jappy, who was known for St. Elmo's Fire as the brother-in-law and uh, three episodes of Jag as a Colonel, Colonel Warren, if you're a fan of Jag. And in this episode, we do have an appearance of Christina Applegate as Kelly Bundy. But I'm going to add one more name, even though this person doesn't have much of a career. Playing Arnie in this episode is Gabriel Bologna, Joseph Bologna's son. Nice. You're a good boy, Gabriel. You're a good boy. Episode three. Stocks and bondages. Yes, Mike, that is the correct response. When Vinny overhears a stock tip, Charlie sees dollar signs and hits up a loan shark. Meanwhile, Alex demands Vinny fire two of the three waitresses he hired. Only two? Rod Aarons returns as Pal Clayton. Playing a newscaster on this episode... John Hostetter, he's known primarily as a that voice from that thing, but 
He was in Beverly Hills, Bud Sprague's Place, Cagney and Lacey, and he played Bazooka in G.I. Joe the movie. Oh, G.I. Joe the movie. So that means he would have been in a movie with Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. And also, he would be there when Duke took the snake meant for Falcon. Just saying. Episode 4, The Last Temptation of Charlie. When Mr. Fluffy disappears, all the tenants assume Charlie sold the feline to finance a new TV. He just won a TV from Al! What's he need a new TV for? You can never have enough TVs, Chico. Whatever. Uh, Kelly Bundy makes an appearance, obviously. And uh, somebody we talked about in the last episode also makes an appearance, playing Mrs. O'Malley, Marianne Mueller-Lale. We talked about her on Going Places as the mark for the writers' first recorded practical joke. Episode 5, The Marrying Guy. Mona dreamed that Vinny is married. He promises her not to marry anyone anytime soon. There is a wedding at the country club, however, and the bride turns out to be Vinny's first love, rich girl Tyler Adams. Also, Vinny catches the groom with another woman, so I guess all's fair in true love and war. We have a big name on this episode. She wouldn't be a big name now, but she will be in the future. Playing Vinny's first love, rich girl Tyler Adams, Jerry Ryan. Do not call her Annika Hansen. She'll look you dead in the eye and say, My name is Seven of Nine. And the final episode, Mona by Moonlight. Vinny meets a beautiful Italian princess. When it comes time for her to return home, she invites him to come back to Italy with her. I want to show you my Rome. I want to show you my Venice. I want to show you my Naples. To which Vinny says, I'd fly 6,000 miles to see those. <laughs> See, Vinny thought the princess said something else. By the way, the Italian princess, Princess Claudia, played by a lady by the name of Fabiana Udenio, who would sound familiar if you've seen Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Should I say the name of her character? Sure. She's known for playing... A lot of fachina. <gasps> Hand to God, that is her character. She's also a recurring character on Jane the Virgin, so yeah, she's been busy. Also playing Candy, Christina Nigra, who was on Out of This World as Marine Flanagan's bestie. And believe it or not, that's the show. The question must be asked, what the hell happens to this show? Aside from, duh.
if you've ever seen that backdoor pilot we talked about, it's just not funny. It's not funny, but also, and I've mentioned this in the past with early Fox sitcoms, they forced the humor by using a laugh track. And there was a lot of laugh track in this show that, you know, made stuff that wasn't funny. They wanted to make it funny. It just was not good. They also used a lot of TNA, like the Mothership show, Married with Children. You're kidding. With people like Pam Anderson? No. I know. Shocking, right? But yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. Married with Children is the highest rated show on Sunday night. So you obviously, if you want Top of the Heap to succeed, you would put the show on after Married with Children. They did, and it still bled viewers. I know, shocking, isn't it? It was as forgettable as it is terrible. Because nobody had anything to say about this show. It started from the bottom and it just kept going lower and lower and lower and lower. Want to talk about a show with no bottom? There's a show with no bottom. So it's kind of funny. Top of the heap? Well, there was no bottom of the heap. I think we have a case of a show that overshot its shot, much like Charlie and Vinny overshot their shot. But hey, don't cry for the careers of Joseph Bologna, Leslie Jordan, Matt LeBlanc, or Rita Moreno, or Joey Lauren Adams for that matter. They're doing fine. Or did fine. I can't for the life of me, say the same about Mr. Fluffy. I don't know what happened to that cat after this show. Uh, given it's 32 years ago at this point, I would say Mr. Fluffy is in the big litter box in the sky. Uh, but, uh, hey, ooh. if you want to see this show, believe it or not, you can. Crackle has five of the episodes. Not the backdoor pilot, but five of the six regular episodes. And it should be added, the one episode that's not there is the final episode. Certainly, the show that replaced Top of the Heap can't be that bad, right? What is Stand By Your Man? A Tammy Wynette song? Well, I guess we're going to have to put a big old to be continued on this episode. Because Top of the Heap... Started from the bottom and went south from there until it just became a thing on TV. And interestingly enough, a thing on TV whose story is not quite finished yet. That's another thing for another day. In the meantime, you can catch all the other things we have, all 369 of them. Nice. Over on it was a thing on tv.com or wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Do not forget to follow us on all social media. We are at it was a thing on TV, except for Facebook because billionaires. We are at it was a thing on TV 
podcast. And if you are listening on YouTube, do not forget to like, share, subscribe to our channel, hit the notification bell. I know it's all little steps for you, but it means a big deal to us. So you can stay up to date on future entries like what we have for over the weekend. We've done Hulk commercials. We've done Ric Flair commercials. Who's the next superstar athlete to get a commercial treatment on this show, I wonder? I don't know. I'd have to be a fool to think of that. He shacked the fool. He shacked the fool. He shacked the fool. What? Burrito's a sandwich. That's coming up next time right here on It Was a Thing on TV. Thank you so much for listening. Please be kind to each other. And we'll see you for the next one. Roar us out, Greg. Wow! We'll find something. This okay. show's not even deserving of an ending. <laughs> <laughs>